Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Nelson. In today's study of 1 John, we're going to be looking at 1 John 4.14. We're going to be looking at John's response to the gospel and how we are to respond to the gospel. So 1 John 4.14 reads, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. So first we're going to look at seeing the gospel, and then we're going to look at testifying to the gospel. So notice how John says it. He says, we have seen and testified that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. So I think those are two separate blocks. First, seeing and testifying are two parts of the sentence, and then that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. So we see the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world, and we testify to that as well. And so we're going to look at those individually, seeing that and then testifying to that. So how did John see the gospel? As we study through this, we're first going to put ourselves in John's shoes, and then we're going to see how we do the same. So how does John see the gospel? So John was one of the 12 original apostles. He was there with Jesus' ministry. He was called by Jesus. He saw Jesus in the flesh. John even calls himself the one whom Jesus loved. You see that in John 22, among other places. So, John would have been right up close to Jesus. He was part of Jesus' tight core. He was with the 12 original apostles, and he was closer to Jesus than a lot of the other apostles. So, he could see and testify to Jesus from an eyewitness perspective. He was an eyewitness to the gospel. So, he had the authority to prove the historical authenticity of Jesus. Let me repeat that. John had the authority to prove the historical authenticity of Jesus. Peter talks about how they don't follow cleverly devised wives' tales because they saw the gospel. They saw Jesus in the flesh. They saw him make miracles. They saw him die. And they saw the empty tomb. And they saw him ascend into heaven. So he saw Jesus' ministry. So next we're going to look at how we see the gospel. Obviously, we can't see the stuff John did because Jesus is in heaven right now. So how do we see the gospel? So first off, we need to remember that the gospel isn't only for the apostles. If it was, the Bible, like most books, would have stayed in its era. It would have stayed in the first century and not gotten any further. And maybe if it did, just a few manuscripts here and there. But no, the Bible has survived. All 66 books have remained intact for us. And that's crazy. That's not just like one or two books here and there. It is the whole Bible that's been maintained and sustained for us by the Holy Spirit. So clearly, the gospel isn't only for the apostles. It wasn't only for the early church. It's for us too. So believers see the gospel and the deity of Christ when they see Christ's glory. That's how we see that. We see by faith and we see the glory. John Hebrews talks about how Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. That's what we see. That is the glory we see. When we see the glory of Jesus and who he is and what he has done, we know that he is who he said he is and we trust in him. That's how we have 
proof of the gospel. We're not going to get full proof of the gospel from archaeological finds. They're important. They give extra support to the authenticity of the gospel. However, we can't base our lives on that. However, we can base our lives and found our lives in the glory of Christ. And when we see Christ's glory, we treasure him above all else. So while we are not eyewitnesses to Jesus in the flesh, we have the Bible, his word written for us, that was written by eyewitnesses. So we see by faith and we see by sight what others saw by sight. So we have an account from eyewitnesses. So believers are witnesses also of his glory because we see by faith. So while we are not witnesses to him in the flesh, we are witnesses of his glory. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. So we are not to base our lives based on a flesh, you know, like, Oh, I shook hands with Jesus. That's not what our faith is rooted in. Rather, it is rooted in faith and seeing his glory and treasuring him above all else. However, that's not to say that we'll never get to see Jesus in the flesh. Rather, in eternity, we will see him by sight. 1 John 3, 2 says, But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. So next, we're going to look at testifying to the gospel. So first, how did John testify to the gospel? John, as one of the first eyewitnesses of the gospel, let the world know. He didn't keep it to himself. He wasn't like, oh man, that's awesome. Now I'm going to go live in a secluded island. Well, he did live in a secluded island, but not by choice. I just realized that. (laughs) And so when he did live on that secluded island, you know what he did? He wrote about the gospel. He, If I'm not mistaken, he wrote the book of Revelation. The book that testifies to the victory of the gospel, how believers win in the end. He wrote that on an island of seclusion. They literally couldn't keep him silent. John wrote one of the gospels, giving a historical and theological account of Christ's ministry as well. And he also wrote letters to strengthen other believers' faith in the gospel. Three to be exact. And we're talking about one of those right now. So John's life was defined by the gospel. Can we say the same thing about ourselves? So next, let's look at how we testify to the gospel. First off, we are to follow the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we are to go, as John did, whether that is to farther countries, whether that's right here, sharing the gospel with those we know. That is how we are to let others know. That's how we're to testify to the gospel. And we're to live lives that show that Christ is our highest treasure. So imagine a Christian who goes around miserable their whole life. The only thing that makes them happy is watching their favorite football team. Even though he goes to church three times every week and is on the leadership board of his church, who gets the glory in his life? Jesus or the football team? Think about that. Who is getting the glory in your life? Is it Jesus? Do others see that you treasure him above all else? Is he your highest treasure or something else? So we are to testify finally to the full gospel. Notice that John stresses again and again that God sent his son. That is a recurring theme in this letter. 
John sees the importance of sharing every essential doctrine of the gospel. The deity of Christ probably wasn't a popular doctrine then. There were a lot of heresies going around, and the deity of Christ was attacked. However, John knew that it was better to please God than to please man. And so John also said that Jesus is the Savior of the world. He is offered to everyone, not just good people, not just people who look like us, not just people who have the same amount of money as us. The whole world is offered salvation. That's why Jesus tells us, go. He doesn't tell us, go to this certain group or go to only these people. No, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. So we too must not back down from defending and testifying to the whole gospel, to the whole world. Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform and share us with your family and friends. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please send them to me at daniel at adoptedbelievers.com.